Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G, with me. As per usual, is the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Fernicus, Charette. What up, what up, what up? What's happening, Mike? Nothing much. I'm yeah. uh, I'm drinking some coffee, mm. and uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling mm. pretty good about the show today. I don't know why, but I feel good about it. How are, are you we, feeling? Are you at like, <laughs> what, eight and a half out of ten? Mm. That- yeah, yeah, I would say that. I'm, yes. I'm pretty much, that's my baseline right there, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. I'm like a six, six and a half. Okay. Oh, come on. I mean, no, uh, no, 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 that's that's me being pessimistic again. Let's, let's uh, seven and a half to eight <laughs> okay seven and a half to eight. That's but good. we're i'm definitely not 10 nope now i okay, mean yeah. if, if you were jared isaacman Haley arnu uh scion proctor or christopher sombrowski you'd probably be a 10 do, do you Ooh. know any of those folks mike no i don't those I don't think they uh... <laughs> those are the first astronauts to make it to space oh. that aren't professionally trained astronauts that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That happened this past week, Mike. The yes! Inspiration 4 crew. Yeah. 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 I did see that. I did see a clip of the uh, the lady. Yeah. She was introducing the big window. Yeah. I did see that clip. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> big window in space. Three days. She was beside that yeah. big window. Pretty huge. Wow. Pretty huge news. So true. Now, I mean, yeah. I, I bet there are a couple listeners that are like, pretty huge? How did that, how did that change my life, Ben? And I'm here to tell you guys, <laughs> it didn't. But... <laughs> but that didn't stop Elon Musk from being excited and slightly crazy as per usual. Nope. I don't know if you saw it, Mike, but he uh, apparently after SpaceX Inspiration 4 made it back to Earth, Elon Musk was upset that President Biden hadn't personally congratulated SpaceX on the mission. Hmm. He was he, he was offended by that, which... Hmm. I mean, totally makes sense, because when you look at the list of to-do items for the president, like out-of-control pandemic, wildfires on the West Coast, (laughs) nonstop hurricanes in the South, nuclear submarine deals with Australia, trying to minimize damage of leaving Afghanistan compared to Billionaire Space Party. Obviously, Billionaire Space Party, most important. Most important. Yeah. I can't believe he forgot to congratulate him on that. That's uh, Girl, come on. Whew, missed out. I was, I was thinking of this, Mike, and and listeners. This is. I'm going to give you an analogy for what Elon Musk was doing here. I don't know if you've ever been at a party or a bar and a drunk guy comes up to you and uh, acts like he's about to give you the best information in the world that will change your life like hold on dude put down what you're doing right now bro come over here bro shh 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 i'm I'm about to tell you something this this is important you know the wendy's on university ave do you know the wendy's on university ave jake that works the window 
he also sells weed. You can thank me later, bro. <laughs> you can thank me. And then he walks off like he just saved your life. That's Elon Musk. That's that's a fact. That's Elon, and and his spaceship is Jake at Wendy's. So true. The large majority <laughs> of us, it's completely meaningless. It has nothing. And and I don't want I don't want to bring this up, Mike. But I mean, honestly, when we look at SpaceX, this this launch, it's a little bit of a failure. Yeah. Wait, what? It's because I mean we How all so well. I mean, we all remember the last time we were talking about this. Uh, it was right when you first started on the show. Mike, and I mean, we all know one of the top priority of these missions is to construct a rocket that looks most like a And yeah. the SpaceX rocket fell far, far short of Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin rocket. I mean, uh. I think we all remember. Jeff Bezos' rocket, you would have sworn Ron Jeremy's crotch was flying across the sky. <laughs> That's a fact. This Elon Musk rocket, barely recognizable as a like, yeah, I've seen better representations in bathroom stalls scratched on the wall. This was, this was not good, not good. Eh. Yeah, but you know, you, you know what the whole like the whole point was in the first place, right? For the actual mission. Hmm. I don't know. Just to show that he can send regular people to space without them uh, going crazy. I mean, essentially, yeah. <laughs> no I mean, that, that, that's that's pretty much it. You got it. It's like I mean, it's a, it's supposed to be like a commercial space travel thing, right? So you know, so eventually people will be like, "Hey, what are you doing on the weekend?" And the person will be like, ah, "Maybe hit a couple loops around space, SpaceX rocket. Yeah. I don't know. What about you? Like that's yeah. that's the idea." But, like, the thing that people haven't really been bringing up much about that idea is that for this last flight, Inspiration 4 flight, it cost about $40 million hmm. to do. Hmm. Yeah. And that was paid for by billionaire Jared Isaacman, one of the dudes, one of the regular dudes on the flight. He was like, oh, I'll put this $40 million up. Word. Right? So, like, you know... So for everyday people to go zipping around space, we really need that price tag to come down about forty yeah. million dollars. <laughs> we need a spirit. Yeah, we need a spirit flight. <laughs> exactly. We need one that's about ten percent of the cost and about ten percent of the pleasure of flying, just like Spirit. Uh, but like, I mean, it still didn't. It surprised me. Benji Reed who is the director, apparently, of human spaceflight programs at SpaceX, said afterwards, there's a ton of interest rolling in right now. Hmm. Which I'm sure he's sort of forced to say. But at the same time, like, <laughs> I feel like most of those folks, too, that, that are rolling in interest, they don't know it was $40 million. Nope. Like, I feel like the interest would wane slightly if you were like, all right, well... Need a down payment, maybe something like five hundred thousand dollars. If you want to <laughs> hop on one, I feel like people would be like, eh, "Pass, pass." Yeah, but like, yeah. but but before Mike, you pass. I don't know if you. Does that include? Wait, does that include luggage? Well, can I bring a bag? You can, well, let, let me tell you what's coming <laughs> new with the next flight because this might change your flight, your your uh, your thoughts on the whole situation, Mike. Uh, okay. Elon is planning on adding some things here on the next one. He said, here's a couple things. 
a way to heat up food and mm. Wi-Fi. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. And 40 That's million good. starts to seem worth it, listeners. Nope. Yes. Oh, nice. Not bad. Yes. Now, I will say, uh, after I made fun of the whole thing for eight minutes just now, um, they were raising money for St. Jude. There was this thing. Like, you do have to give uh, Elon credit because he was like, eh. and people have been sort of billionaires going to space. Maybe we should do something to counteract that. Let's say we're raising money for cancer. So he did, hmm. and they did. So that, that was good. They raised uh, $160 million for cancer research, which is... Oh, wow. Yeah, which is pretty great. And, and I, Now, I will point out again, not to, again, exactly what I said I wasn't going to, but it is important to remember that Elon Musk is worth about 1,200 times that amount. So true. So, yeah. you know, and he'll make about 50 times that in interest this year off, the, off of his billions and billions of dollars. That's a fact. So, you know, he could have cut a check without going to space that was way, way bigger than that and just been like, hey, I donated a billion dollars to cancer. But instead, he made a big presentation of going to space in his not-so-rocket. But uh, anyways, anyways, if you want to take a trip to space, I think it might be affordable sometime around 2060, listeners. So, so make a note, put it on your calendar, and also don't forget, in 2060 when you do it, thank Elon Musk. Thank you. Make sure... You're appreciative of you going to space because he apparently gets offended when you don't. So make sure, Mike. Yeah. McKin Mike, or or did you write it down <laughs> in your calendar? Twenty sixteen. Uh, yeah, definitely. I hope to be around, and um, I will send Elon Musk a DM. Yeah, thank nice. you, nice for making this possible. Yes, <laughs> yes. Fingers crossed. We're both still around. Same with the listeners. Uh, Mike, now yeah. that we penciled that in on our calendar, you ready to fire up the show? Let's do it. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Woo, Mike. Super excited. Super excited. We have big time band on the show today. We have Adam and the Metal Hawks on the show. Awesome. Yes, yes. These fellas, they're legends now on social media. Legends. 3 million followers on TikTok, 850,000 wow. on Instagram. They're just, they're tearing it up. Their new single, Backwards. Backwards. These fellas, nice. Ryan, Johnny, Alex, and Adam. Real deal. They're doing some just feel good rock and roll. So you know? true. Like if you're listening to ACDC, you're listening to, to Def Leppard, Van Halen. That's the kind of stuff these guys these guys dabble in, and it's good. Cool. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to have them on the show. But, of course, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you, Mike. Uh, the birthday suits today, they're not really your wheelhouse. Um, okay. 
I I have very low faith on the first one, especially. <laughs> second one, That's fair. I, second one, I think you've got. Nope. Uh, third All one, right. it's a toss up. But let's let's go with the first one here. Born on September twenty second, nineteen fifty eight, in Wynwood, Pennsylvania, our birthday suit wear moved with her family to Rockville, Maryland where she went to middle school and high school. She started taking guitar lessons when she was in high school, but quit because her guitar teacher wanted to teach her folk songs. And she wasn't all about that. She's all about rock songs. Mm. So her family moved to Los Angeles, where our birthday suit wear started to pursue her rock and roll dreams. She founded a very famous all-female band called The Runaways, which was an opening act for Cheap Trick, The Ramones, Van Halen, and Tom Petty. Hmm. In 1979, our birthday suit wearer decided to go solo, and in 1980, she released her first album. In 1981, she released her album that she'd be known for for the rest of her life called I Love Rock and Roll. Hmm. The song was released as a single and was number one on the Billboard charts for seven weeks in a row. Her next album, uh, Right Up Your Alley, went multiple uh, multi-platinum with songs like I Hate Myself for Loving You. She's released multiple albums since then. None of them has been as big as I Love Rock and Roll. She was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2014. Name that birthday suit wear. All right, I'm going to totally guess on this. Okay. <laughs> Melissa Etheridge. <laughs> no idea. That was totally a guess. No. <laughs> but have you ever heard Joan Jett? Ah, uh, Joan Jett. Joan, I do know the song, I Love Rock go. and Roll. Yes, I... Joan Jett would be I Love <laughs> Rock and Roll. Melissa Etheridge would be... Come to my window from the 90s, but you know, <laughs> yeah, close uh, enough. I was close, yeah, close yeah. enough. It's good. I thought the age may have been the same. I don't I know. I think you're that. close. I think you're close on the age. I'm pretty <laughs> positive. I'm going to check that at break. We're going to see. I bet, I bet we're almost spot on for the age. So who knows? We'll see. Uh, but no, Joan Jett, I love rock and roll, of course. Classic. Who doesn't want to put a dime in the jukebox, baby? It's fantastic. Uh, let's see. She would be turning, what is that, uh, 63? 63 for Joan Jett. She's big into being vegan, too. That's a big thing for her these days. Well, not these days. She's cool. been vegan for a long time. But, uh, yeah, she's also, like I said, rock and roll, Hall of Fame, uh, inductee, big timer. And, of course, she she owes a lot of it to I Love Rock and Roll there. But happy birthday, Joan. Enjoy your birthday. Uh, Mike, are you ready <laughs> to rip some headlines? Yeah, let's hear them. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Okay. What do you got? Okay. Uh, I think this is my favorite one. This, yeah, I've got a couple th this week that were really interesting. This one, uh, pretty interesting robbery. There's a lot of things, a lot of moving pieces to keep, uh, keep track of in this one. So, uh, Juniata Card Shop in Blair County, Pennsylvania, was robbed by an armed man last Tuesday. The man that robbed the store made off with some cards, of course, since it's a card shop. 
talking like, you know, memorabilia cards. Uh, okay. Some money and some clothes. Uh, police checked the scene, got some surveillance uh, camera footage of the dude, put it on social media, got a person of interest. Just a couple of hours later, they were like, all right, let's go find this guy. The guy was Jason Hodges. So they drove to Jason's house. When they arrived, Jason was on the roof of the house, evidently doing some repairs, I think, to the roof. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, he was wearing the same pants and shoes that the person in the surveillance footage was wearing. So cops looked at each other, and they're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the guy. And we're like, all right. When Hodges saw the cops, his first idea was, go! And he jumped on his bicycle to get away. Uh, mm. Not surprisingly, the cops were able to uh, stop him with their cars. <laughs> uh, police said Hodges had stolen the gun from a residence in the area, then hid it in a duplex near his home. Not his home. He also discarded the hat, face coverings, and gloves during the crime that he used uh, away from his house as well. Same place, duplex near his house. Hmm. Uh, when the police were investigating Hodges, he said that he had purchased sports cards from the same shop 20 years ago and remembered one of the owners by name. Wait, what? Then, when asked what he did with the money he stole, he told police he used it to purchase Halloween decorations. Mm. Yeah. 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 So, Mike, first, let's address the fact that Jason was smart enough to discard the gun, the hat, the face covering, and the shirt. But then when it came to the shoes and pants, he's like, yeah, should be fun. Uh, <laughs> I like these. I'm not worried about these. I, I I don't want this. This is a this is a nice pair of pants. I don't want to throw these away. Like good pants are hard to find. Apparently, in, yes. In his defense. Yeah. Apparently, Jason was like not getting rid of these. That's not happening. And I really just like just put yourself in Jason's thought process for the day, right? Just just what he did throughout this day he woke up tuesday and was like man you know what i'd like as a 51 year old hmm. some baseball cards and halloween decorations but you know what i don't have any money how am i gonna get these two things he's like wait frank down at juniata's cards has money and <laughs> baseball cards i could go there rob him of his money take some baseball cards Hey, what a great little Tuesday for me, right? That was yeah. his thought process to rob this card store. Amazing, and now he's yeah. now he's in jail. Now he's in jail. So, good luck, Jason, on uh, um, the processing. Yeah, what, what do we got, Mike? What's what cards did he get? Do you know? Any, they didn't. Any, uh, they didn't ones? give us any specials. <laughs> I know he got a whole. I know he got a whole box, like a whole you know season. You know, like how you get the whole the whole deal, like Upper Deck uh, 2000. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he got a whole box because they said they had already opened several packs. So he was already going mm. to town, seeing who he got in there. Like, 
It, it seems a little weird. Like, I mean, you know, to, to each his own, I know, on your, your hobbies and whatnot. But, like, once you get to 51, isn't it a little weird when you're looking at, like, players that just came out of high school and you're just like, oh, my God, I can't wait to follow this dude. Like, it just seems, I don't know. It, it seems like yeah. it lose its luster. I could, I mean, I have nostalgia for it, but... I don't know. Mm -hmm. Anyways, Jason. Yeah. Uh, good luck. Good luck. Remember, next time, <laughs> get rid of the uh, the the shoes and and, and pants. Next time, mm -hmm. change out the whole wardrobe. The whole wardrobe. Um, yeah. Mike, this is this is an interesting one. This <laughs> is a this isn't a robbery here on this next one. This is a uh, well. I mean, I I don't know what you. I guess it would uh, fraud. It would be what we're looking at here. A lady from Virginia Beach got 12 years in prison for what they are calling perhaps largest coupon scheme ever. Word. Oh, I read about that, yeah. You did? Yeah, I did. Was this insane to you? Yes! That's a lot of money. Yeah, it, well, a, it was... A lot of coops. Exactly. Well, apparently this lady made... So many counterfeit coupons, the police are estimating it was worth $31 million. Wait, what? Of coupons. <laughs> a lot of money. Of coupons. So, Lorianne Villanueva uh, used the moniker. Apparently, her, her, like, you know, her Ocean Eleven name was Master Chef. Sweet. That's Ooh. yeah. That was her That's a good name. That was her code name, and she uh, Master Chef. Yeah, right. She printed high quality coupons, glossy paper, corporate logos, product images. Like she was an ace at Adobe Illustrator and Photoshop, apparently. <laughs> and uh, they even had working barcodes. Uh, most of them, apparently. So really, yeah, yeah, and Lorianne, she created a Facebook group, which would be—I I don't know if you've seen the commercials for Facebook groups lately. They really seem to be trying to push those hard. Maybe they can make one about this. Hey, if you're planning on making a legal coupon scheme, make a Facebook group. We're just saying, mm -hmm. pretty good thing. Uh, she recruited members all over the country, apparently, and she had to vet them and vouch them. To be a part of this fraud scheme, which word? I mean, you gotta wonder how you get vouched for as a person who's into dealing with counterfeit coupons. Like, no, no, they're good. Oh yeah, they love counterfeit coupons. Like, <laughs> what? But like, I, I don't know. My, I'm always confused by illegal activity like this. Like, call it the lazy in me. But like after one day in the sweatshop sweatshop coupon factory with Lorianne, I'd be like, "Can't we just rob an old guy?" Like I mean, <laughs> like all steal some baseball cards. Yeah, exactly. Can't we go with Jason back there? Like <laughs> I mean, all this illegal work for the payoff. Like it just seems like so much. I don't know. Yeah. Like I don't for like fifty cents off or something. It, I mean that would be well just a lot of coupons. Th that's a good point, Mike. I didn't mention this when I was going through the story, but they said some of the coupons were like such big rebates that the store would owe them money on the product. 
Ah. Which I was like, <laughs> but like, I mean, which, you know, makes more sense, like you were saying, like for time wise, but like you're telling me that no one in any of these stores was like, hmm, they had a coupon hmm. for that shirt for $25 and the shirt was 15 that doesn't seem like a very profitable promotion <laughs> scheme by our company. That's weird. Like, you're telling me nobody said that? Like, it's a, I don't know. It's a little odd. But anyway. I'm pretty sure somebody probably noticed, but they probably weren't getting paid enough to care that much. Bingo. Probably in Bingo. most cases. Bingo. That would definitely be me in that situation. <laughs> because I don't know about you, Mike, but any job that I've had like that, they don't pay me enough to care about those kind of things. No, they don't. And I'm just like, hmm, this is probably fake. I don't want to hear Do you this. Have any more of these? I don't want to hear this lady yell at me. All right, scan it. There we go. Whatever. Get out of my face. Okay, Mike. This is this is interesting. I know you didn't need any evidence that in the year 2021, America's full of a bunch of disgusting sickos, but I've got some evidence if you mm. want to hear it. Oh, I would love okay. to. Okay, okay. Cr- <laughs> I'm going to share this on Facebook, by the oh, way. Do it. Do it. The <laughs> Kraft Heinz company announced that demands for their product, known as Lunchables, are at an all-time high. Wait, what? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Have you ever had Lunchables, Mike? Uh, let me think. Yes, I have. Lots. Lots of them. <laughs> They've seen double-digit growth in sales of Lunchables for the first time in five years. <laughs> They're selling so much Lunchables, most stores can't keep them on the shelves. Huh? Ooh. Yeah. One parent messaged the company on Facebook saying, quote, my child needs pepperoni pizza lunchables in his life Word. and i can't find mm. them anywhere yeah yeah i mean they're good the pepperoni ones especially well i'm <laughs> really good i'm gonna go ahead and respond though as an unbiased observer mike and i'm gonna say their child doesn't need Lunchables in their life. That's a fact. Probably. Don't yeah. need. I'll even say that if their kid eats <laughs> Lunchables, they are 98% more likely to abuse intravenous drugs. Wait, what? Yes, for sure. That's that's not true, but hopefully it keeps kids away from Lunchables. I'm just saying. Now, with that being said, Mike, I, like yourself, had a whole bunch of pizza Lunchables as a kid. And they, <laughs> and they were pretty awesome. Yes! Does that mean I do heroin? You tell me. I don't know. Huh? But, <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, like, what is, like, how, why, why, why now, Mike, with Lunchables? Why? I don't know. What, what made, like, is it that, uh, that, uh, schools are back in, in session with the, the pandemic now? And they were just like, and, and parents were like, I'm not making my kid lunch. Nope. It's not happening. There, take a lunchable. Like I, it's so weird. Why? Why yeah, now the know. lunchable, f- the craze, 
Lunchable. Maybe it's maybe it's like doubled up because the kids, some of the kids are at home, mm. you know, going to school at home, and then the parents are like, you know, I kind of miss the Lunchable. <laughs> I'll have a Lunchable too. Double it up. That's double, I see. That's a double. I see. Right yes, I could. I could. I could definitely <laughs> see that. Uh, my basically <laughs> the only reason I like Lunchables was showing them off to other kids. So true. Like Ooh, yeah. that was really very, it. Yeah. Good point. I actually yeah. like. I enjoyed the actual school lunch lunches much better. They're weird crap than Lunchables. I was like, oh man, are they? Do they have the hexagon pizza again? Oh yeah, oh, so good. Just the weird pizza with the square pepperonis. <laughs> oh mm, yeah, get out of town. So true. Oh man, and then their salad, their side salad. It was just romaine lettuce with a bunch of ranch dressing and fake bacon bits <laughs> on it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, got them being so healthy, guys. I got a salad, delicious. Um, Wait, you got bacon bits? Yeah. What school did you go to? That's fancy. That's the one I went to. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. It's pretty classy. Now, uh, now that we've had a couple of downer stories, well, the Lunchable story wasn't a downer. Let's go to one that's a celebration, Mike. Let's celebrate something here. All right. I love it. We're going to celebrate Miss Virginia Oliver. Woohoo! Yeah. Miss Virginia Oliver, she is a lobster trapper in Maine. She, every, every week out on the coast, out on the coast of Rockland, Maine with her son, Max. She's been lobster trapping since she was eight. Jeez. Which she was eight in 1928. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred? A hundred and one. She's been lobster Jeez. trapping since a decade before World War II, Mike. It's crazy. Wow. She's 101, and she still hangs out on a boat every day. And just in case you were wondering, listeners, what she looks like, it's pretty much what you would picture a 101 lobster trapper looking like. That's so true. Pretty, she, she looks, she looks sea-worn. But happy to be mm, out on the sea, you know? She's yeah. hardcore. Like, if you said something wrong to Virginia, she would punch you in the face so hard you would flip off that boat. Like, mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to mess with her. Nope. Uh, and just, just so you know, she said, Virginia said, she still gets amped about a lobster dinner. She fixes herself Ooh. one every week. Every week. I calculated that, Mike. That means she's had roughly 4,836 <laughs> lobster dinners. Yes. Yes. That's a lot of lobster. She's had more lobster dinners than a 13-year-old has had days on this earth. Girl, come on! Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot. Now, I was just thinking of this when, when I was celebrating uh, Virginia Oliver by myself when I was writing this uh, down, Mike. I think mm -hmm. the band Train, if they're listening right now, Train, or if you're listening, Train, you need to change the lyrics to your famous song, Meet Virginia, and make it about Virginia Oliver. That's a fact. That's what you need to do. You need to make a new version of Meet Virginia all about this lobster trapper. That's what I'm saying. I think it would be a, a smash hit on the TikTok, Mike, on the TikTok. They'd oh, be, for sure. They'd be excited about it. I'm just saying. Or Adam and the Metal Hawks that are getting ready to come on the show, you do it. 
You try it. You've already got the followers on TikTok. You guys do it. I'll bring it up to a mic in the interview. Anyways. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Do we have time for this? Uh, mm, uh, mm, uh. Now, we'll save it. We'll save it for after the break, Mike. We are going to take a break. We are going to hear from Adam and the Metal Hawks right now. Uh, this is this is off of their their solo or their original uh, debut album here. This is Moonlight Shining right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker yes. Radio, WSKRLP, 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Listeners, if you get the chance, make sure you download the podcast. Available on all kinds of platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, all of those. And, you know, like I always say... Listen to them on all the platforms. That's a fact. You know, just a couple of seconds. Just to make me feel good. Just give me a click, give me a like, and man, you will make my day. That's a fact. Just do that. Just do that for me. Uh, Mike, let's thank the folks that regularly listen. Let's do that. Here we go. Okay. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Ashburn, Virginia, Peoria, Illinois, Boardman, Oregon, Columbus, Georgia, Dublin, Ireland, Barcelona, Spain, Woodfield, West Virginia, Noka, Minnesota, San Diego, California, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Katy, Texas, Richardson, Texas, Citrus, California, Genoa, Italy, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Shout out. There we go. There's the, the regulars, Mike. Uh... I could use some new regulars. We haven't had some new... Re- there were some that dropped off, and we haven't picked up a couple more. I'd like to see a couple new regulars. So true. You know? mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to do that besides nope. to wish it into existence. But yeah. I would like to see a couple more if that could happen. You know, uh, Listeners, uh, like I was saying, listening to different platforms, if you could go to another city... And uh, <laughs> plug into a new IP address so it shows up. That would really help me too. Yeah. I mean, just if you have time, you have a couple extra hours to drive somewhere else. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> just if you have time. Anyways, okay. Uh, Semi regulars. Here we go. Shout out to Nashville, Tennessee, Concordia, Kansas, Denver, Colorado, Mountain View, California, Rancho. Uh, Cucamongo, California. Wait, what? Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Sacramento, California. Oxford, Mississippi. Greensburg, Indiana. Valencia, Spain. Boca Raton, Florida. Sao Paulo, Brazil. Phoenix, Arizona. Frankfurt, Germany. And Napa, California. Mm. There we go. Yeah, Napa. a lot of. We had some good California listens this uh, this week. So shout out cool. to the California people. Make it make it uh, regular, guys. Uh, I'd like to go to Rancho Cucamongo. That sounds like a pretty cool place. Or yeah, at least where a is cool that name. Place? I don't know. I uh, <laughs> I saw it on the list and I was just like Rancho Cucamongo. All right, all right. I mean, I might be saying it completely wrong. Who knows? That's uh, I just looked it up. It's uh, let's see, the foothills of San Gabriel Mountains uh, and Angeles uh, National For- uh, Forest in Santa Bernard- San Bernardino Ca- uh, County. So right there, yes. 37 miles east of Los Angeles. So you're right there in, in the inner, you know, sort of on the inside of California there, getting closer to the mountains. So not bad. Not bad. Uh, pretty big. Pretty big population. Almost 200,000 people in uh, Rancho Cucamonga. So mm-hmm. there you go. Girl, come on! I, th- I think I've said it wrong like 15 times. It's okay. It's That's all right. right. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, thanks again, of course, for Tuscaloosa, Alabama listening. We always consider that uh, being Nick Saban. So thank you, Nick, for listening. We appreciate it. That's very nice of you. Take time out of your day to listen to our show. Uh, okay, Mike. 
Got a couple of stories that I had left over that uh, pretty interesting. Let's start with the one that I feel like was a headline made for the Doc G show. This is just the headline. You ready? I'm excited. Yes. Very ready. Oklahoma City man allegedly defecates in Metro grocery store freezer. Woman accidentally puts hand in it while reaching for groceries covering it. Ew. Yeah. What? Yes. Right? Right? Now, I mean, this is obviously really besides the point, Mike, but the title of the article says, allegedly. Hmm. I don't think there's (laughs) allegedly about it. Like, when another person puts their hand in it, it definitely happened. That's a fact. Yeah. There's no, like, allegedly, this could just be pudding. We don't know yet. Like, that. that is gross, Mike. That is yeah, very that is gross. Really, yeah. The, the lady who put her hand in it said, quote, I bleached my hand. I disinfected my hand. All the way home, my kids were still like, Mom, I can smell it. I can smell it. And I'm like, I smell it too, baby. Ew. That's gross. Yeah, it is. That is is gross. That is some powerful dookie, Mike. That, this person needs to be found, and I am guessing this person may have eaten Lunchables. Girl, come on. I don't know, but whatever it is, it made it smell gross. That is, like, what makes you do that, though, honestly? Honestly. I don't know. I don't know. What TikTok videos. You... I <laughs> really joking. feel like that one's even not going to get on TikTok. I don't know. I think yeah, don't they have. I feel like that one getting knocked off, wasn't it? Isn't there like criteria? Eventually, when they you know, take you it can down? keep something on probably for a, for a little while until somebody flags just, it. Just rides the dopamine release yeah. for the first couple of hundred thousand likes. Woo! Yeah, yeah, disgusting. disgusting. I don't, it's not for me, man. That I don't even know if I was that lady. Wow, I don't know what I would do. Ew, nope. Ooh, talk about ruining your day. Like mm-hmm. every single time somebody'd be like, you know, hey, do you want to do this? You'd be like, I put my hand in day. Ew, yeah. You'd be like what? And you'd be like, yeah, at a grocery store. And they'd be like, huh? So weird. Just hey. Listeners, if you take anything from the show today, don't do that. Don't. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do it, you know? Just, uh, there you go. Also, uh, I've got a way, if you're planning on quitting your job, Mike, I've got a way that might help you with the whole TikTok deal. I don't know. Uh, All right. Beth, Beth McGrath, she uh, quit her job. She quit her job last week and went viral doing it. So she quit her job. Where else? Walmart. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. She quit her job at Walmart in Louisiana, and apparently Beth had had really begun to detest her job at Walmart that she had had for five years, which, not too surprising, right? Uh, five years, though. That's a long run at Walmart, I feel. I don't know. It, it, I don't know. Oh, it definitely is. I would quit <laughs> after, like, two days of working at Walmart. Uh, Beth had a unique way of quitting, though, because she got on the PA system and she laid into the company and the management for a good while, just laying out her grievances over the PA system. 
Yeah. Yeah. She said uh, Walmart treats their elderly associates like <laughs> She then accused the store manager of being a pervert. Uh, she then closed out her rant by saying that she did love some of her fellow associates and that Walmart didn't deserve employees like them. So, hmm, that's there nice. you go. There you go. I I think as as Beth, that's got to feel good to like get that off your chest. You know, yeah. that's got to have you, you. I'm guessing you never done that, have you, Mike? Um, I quit a job, but uh, when I quit, the manager was like, "Yeah, I totally understand. I totally get it." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> Getting ready to lay into him, he's like, "Totally makes sense." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good. Just, good I, move. Good move. Just, he he was he was very nice. He was like, "You're very much welcome back if you want to continue <laughs> if you want to work here again after this." But I totally understand. I'd be surprised if her manager said that after she <laughs> laid into him about being a pervert. Hey, if you want to come back, I'm a totally a pervert and I get it. So come on back. Like, but I do like. I was thinking about it, and I'm pretty sure like 90 percent of the people in the store had no clue what she said over the PA system. <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm sure there are people just, like, walking around like, what's that? What did, what did she say? Did are Is there a sale on Lunchables? No way. Those <laughs> things are too popular. They wouldn't have them on sale. That's not going to happen. Like, I just feel like might have been, you know, might have been lost a little bit. But regardless, congratulations on your quitting there yeah uh yeah yeah good good for you um okay mike before we go to break um well let's see do we have we, yeah, mm, yeah no we don't have time for another story i'm gonna go uh. into it we're gonna do we're gonna do some do you know social media influencers mike we're back to the segment we're cool. back to it i'm looking for you to do better now listeners if you remember last time, Mike scored a one out of eight. He got a <laughs> he got a one out of eight. Uh, we're hoping this week. We I, I think this week you'll get a you'll get better. We've got you we know, got some. I don't big, think so. I don't think so. Probably not. Gonna change. Probably not. It's not really in your wheelhouse. But you know no. what? We're gonna make it our wheelhouse. All right. We're gonna we're gonna be so hip to the 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 jive on social media. You don't even know. That's what the kids are saying. Jive. Mm -hmm. They're into that. Uh, okay, here's the first one. Social media influencer or not? Sydney Rogers. Yes. No. No. Uh, 1,600 followers. Followers. Just a lady on Instagram. Just picked uh. a random lady on Instagram. So there you go. If you want to go follow Sydney Rogers, anybody, she's out there being a lady on Instagram. So That's a just, fact. Uh, Make sure you get the right one, because there's probably a couple of them. Anyways, yeah. uh, next one on the list, Jesse Gaskell. Jesse Gaskell, social media influencer or not? Hmm. Yes. No. Ah, oh, come no. on. I know. I All know. All right. 1,597 followers on her Instagram, and as she puts it, She's trying to be less on Instagram and more out there. That's mm. what her bio says. So, Jesse's not in the game to be a social media influencer. In fact, she's out there doing stuff. So, yeah. oh, if you see Jesse, yeah, congratulate her on that. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Next one. 
Maddie Henderson. Hmm. Maddie Henderson. Mm-hmm. Maddie Henderson. All right. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm gonna go with the yes on this one. The name. You have to, right? There's, yeah, there's so I'm many gonna, flips I'm stay on, committed. Uh, so many flips on heads. <laughs> it's gotta be tails, and you're correct. Yes, yes. she is. She is Maddie Henderson, 4.2 million followers on TikTok, 200,000 on Instagram. Her boyfriend is actually sort of a influencer as well. I've seen a couple of their posts together. They do some things. Apparently, uh, her boyfriend is like a he's like a semi-pro golfer or something. Mm. Like he he's not on the tour or anything. But he had he did have a hole in one, a verified hole in one on a par four, so that was that was pretty impressive, obviously. Huh, wow! It's but good. Uh, yeah, they just they they make videos of them being uh, boyfriend and girlfriend, and the, apparently they're very popular because four point two million followers. Yeah. So there you go. Well, okay, they're happy mm-hmm. together. I hope no, they happy. seem to be actually. They seem. That's good. Uh, I mean, legitimately, at mm-hmm. least from what I can gather. And you know how knows? social media can be. It's exactly. all perception. Exactly. I'm, <laughs> As I'm we've on the found out. Right. I'm on the outside. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, okay. Next one. Nicole Angelo. Not a chance. Not a chance. Wow. Confident. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> One thousand five hundred and sixty-one followers. She's a Florida State alumni. So yeah. not good. There enough. you go. Not, not gonna cut it. Not gonna do it. Okay, uh, next one. Anna Shoemate. Hmm. I'm always like listening for interesting last names, and this is like their gimmicky name. And I'm gonna go yeah. with a yes on this one. Gosh, three, three, nicely done. Nice. Anna, Anna, I think is our biggest so far of anybody that uh, I've I've mentioned so far up to this point. Eleven point four million followers on TikTok. Wow. Two point one million followers on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. She, That's huge. Uh, she, she got famous doing lip sync videos. That's it. That's wow. uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Now she sort of like models, I guess you would say. She's she models and mm. uh she she has a dog that she also takes pictures of a good amount of time. So it's a it's like a husky. <laughs> and uh she, uh-huh. she she seems to enjoy it. So there you go. There you go. Anna Shoemate, big time social media star. Okay, next one. Uh Ariana Lee. Hmm. Ooh, Ariana. That's a popular name. For mm-hmm. famous people. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a yes. Gosh, he's on it today. This is going to be Four. a hard one. Yeah, this is going to be hard to follow for our next time we do this. This is, I don't know, Mike. This is too much. Uh, 11.9 followers on TikTok. 925,000 on Instagram. Ariana. Wow. Yeah. yeah, she does it. She gets it done, man. She gets it done. Uh, okay. Bailey... Spinweber. Hmm. Bailey Spinweber. Yeah, I'm going to go with a no on this one. I'm going to go with a no. I know the last name sounds gimmicky, but I'm going to yeah. say no, personally. Should have gone with your gimmicky. Should have uh, gone with it. Should have gone with it. Come on. Uh, Bailey, <laughs> 7.4 million followers on TikTok. 
fairly low on Instagram though. One hundred thirty-eight thousand. I mean, not bad, but yeah, she she got to even those two out there as hmm. far as her TikTok. She's uh she's just uh, uh I mean she got famous on TikTok and now she apparently goes to San Diego State University. That's a fact. So yeah, that's what she does apparently. Okay, last one. Adam and the Metal Hawks. Oh, famous. Amen. Amen. They are going to be on the show with us right here on the Doc G Show right after this break. Here we go, guys. We'll be right back with Adam and the gang here on the Doc G Show. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Hey, what's up? This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And it's Rockin' Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904, the best show on the radio. You dig? Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are joined by a fantastic band, Johnny, Ryan, Alex, and Adam, better known as Adam and the Metal Hawks. Fellas, how's it going? It's going great, man. Awesome. Nice, nice. Now, we've got everybody on the line. Now, you guys just had first gig in in like a really long time. Uh, You guys were down in Virginia at the uh, Woodtalk Festival. This was yep. the first gig out of state. This was the first festival, really. Uh, Ryan, take a swing. Yeah. Tell me how it was. It was uh, it was it was amazing. Like you said, it was really our it was our first gig in like a year and a half, like coming out of COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, thank God things are starting to finally open up, and the people in Virginia were very uh, they were very heartwarming and they loved what we were doing on stage. It was it was. Honestly, just awesome to be able to play a show again. Nice. You know, I didn't. I didn't think we'd be able to. <laughs> well, well, uh, Johnny, how did uh, I got? I mean, it's sort of out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, the festival. It's in in a in a cow yeah. field. How did that? How did that feel relative to your other? I mean, you guys are from Long Island. And all of a sudden, this festival's out in the middle of a dairy field. Was that a little <laughs> weird? Yeah, for sure. It was definitely a little weird. No. Uh, and not to mention, smelt like uh, crap. But <laughs> other than that, it was pretty good. The people were good there. Yeah, you know, comes with the territory. Yeah, the environment's hard yeah, to get course. rid of it. You know, but I'm glad you guys had a good time. Uh, I wanted to run through uh, for the listeners, sort of just the band overall to get to know you guys. So let's start with uh, let's let's start with Johnny. Uh, Johnny, you're on the you're on the guitar. Yes! You've been rocking out for a full decade on the guitar, but you're only 18. I heard Guitar Hero was what got you started on the guitar. Was that the initial spark? Yes, that was definitely the spark. Uh, I started playing Guitar Hero when I was really young, mm-hmm. and then my dad was a huge classic rock fan. Nice. And uh, he just inspired me to pick up a real guitar. Nice. And ever since then, I've been uh, jamming out. Now, now, what was the first guitar? What was the first guitar you had? And then what was the first song that you learned how to play? I believe it was an Epiphone. I'm no. not sure exactly what, you know, which one, but yeah. it was one of the you know, beginner guitars. And 
the first song I ever learned was Smoke on the Water. No, nah, of, of course. Of course. Of course. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's everyone. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, from the moment I, because like I, you know, I've watched a lot of your videos, Johnny, and you've got whenever you're playing, you've got the the rock shirts. You, I mean, you've got Def Leppard shirts, you've got Zeppelin shirts, yeah. Hendrix shirts, Van Halen, of course. Like when you started playing guitar, was it always hard rock? Did you ever want to play anything else? Like when you first started, was it always eyes on Van Halen, ACDC, Metallica, that kind of thing? Yeah. I'd say so. Uh, yeah, I was just mostly, you know, that's what inspired me. So I've always wanted to play that uh, classic rock. Nice. So, I mean, initially, you just, as soon as you could, you plugged in. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Now, you and Ryan both, you you had bands in school and you met at a talent show, right? Yeah, that's that's how we met. Nice. Now, Ryan, what? Uh, I, you didn't start out on bass, right? What What instrument did you start on? I started out as a drummer actually. So when I was about when I was about three years old, one of my aunts got me like a little first act drum kit for Christmas. Nice. And I just and I just like remember like beating the. <laughs> and I ended up destroying it like Keith Moon style. Nice. So from there, so from, so from there, I kind of graduated or like demoted rather to like pots and pans or whatever. But yeah. eventually, when I was like eight or nine years old, I got I got a new drum set. It was killer. Nice. And I played drums. I played drums and percussion like all through middle school and high school. I was on. The drum line and marching band. I was in pit orchestras. Nice. Um, but obviously, but obviously, all the while, I was I was in this band of you know middle schoolers and high schoolers <laughs> called Metal Hawks. You know, yeah. When we got to that, when we got to a certain point, we were playing. You know, basically wherever we could out in Long Island and New York City. I know the Bitter End was one of our favorite places to play. Yeah. Out in uh, Grants Village, but yeah. Nice. Now, now, how did you how did you make the switch in the Metal Hawks from drums to bass? Well, well, here's the thing. I never played drums in the band. I actually sang. Okay. So, so I was doing a, a duet with one of my friends, mm-hmm. and then Johnny was in. Johnny was obviously in Metalhawks, which was, which was a band of fifth and sixth graders at the time. Yeah. And so, so the old drummer's, the first drummer's brother, literally tracked me and my friend down and try and get me to audition for this band. <laughs> and when they did track me down, of course, of course, I said yes. I was at the house like. Literally the next day, like jamming out some tunes, and Johnny and our old drummer Zach was just like, "Dude, you're in." Nice, you know? nice. But then, but then obviously, but then obviously Zach, you know, went on to other things. He was more focused on sports and everything. But we wish them all the best, whatever. Yeah. So now John, so Johnny and Alex met at a music store that they used to take lessons at. Yeah. Their dads met and everything, and Johnny and Alex started jamming, and he brought and he brought me into the picture and. We were basically the new metal hawks at that point, nice. and we've been and the three of us have been jamming ever since. Yeah. So then I took a bass. So here's the thing: we have been looking for a bass player basically since we started the band. They never had a bass player. Yeah. I mean, a friend of mine, a friend of mine filled that those shoes for a little while, but obviously he was doing his own stuff in music. And so eventually, I just kind of bit the bullet, and I was like, you know, screw it, I'm just gonna play bass. <laughs> you know. So so for those three years or two and a half years, I was doing. I played bass and sang. Yeah. But then when Adam came, but then when Adam came into the picture, I was just like, I don't want to f- more. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I just kind of took a, I just kind of took a back seat, and I'm the bass player. You know, it sounds like it's emotion, but it honestly isn't. It's yeah. just allowed me to, you know, focus on my craft and everything like that. Yeah. And it's just been awesome. Yeah. It was amazing, and Giant Alex are freaking amazing for sure it, lots of musicians it works it works man uh now once once you took over that bass role and you were singing 
did you just like immerse yourself into the Getty Lee Bible? Was that what you had to do? I mean, you're a three piece and you're playing bass and you're singing. Like, that's the role model, right? right? Yeah, definitely. That's that's the ultimate role model. I mean, Sting kind of does it too, even though it's not one of my top guys. Yeah. Uh, but let me kill Meister did it. Tom of course. did it. Yeah. Uh, but def- but definitely bass wise at that time, I was a, I was a big Cliff Burton guy. Oh, nice. You know, from Metallica. Yeah. Like that whole solo, and like for whom the bell tolls and anesthesia. That that was great for me. Nice. Uh, but I've 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 definitely. I've definitely been playing a lot more like Getty Lee lately, and even Michael Anthony from Van Halen. Yeah, I've been I've been eyeing a lot lately. Sweet, just because um now bassist and backing vocals, which Michael Anthony is pretty much iconic for that. Exactly, He's one of my heroes. Great harmonies there. Yeah, I get a lot of that from your guys' music. I mean the the Van Halen that that. The happy sort of feel of the songs, the great melodies that come along with it, and the harmonies that that uh, support it. Real nice. I get that in a, a lot of the songs. Thank you, man. That's a huge compliment. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, now let's take it behind the kit. Um, Alex is behind the kit. Now, Alex, how did you start playing? I mean, uh, Ryan brought up how you guys met up with the band. When did you start playing the drums? So I really started playing because my dad was always into music. He was in the whole band scene when he was uh, younger in his teenage years and all of that. Nice. And he, he was pretty successful with it. And so, you know, music has always been in my life. He used to play acoustic guitar around me, like, when I was two. Mm-hmm. And I, like, you know, just, like, not even thinking, I just grabbed the pots and pans. I started jamming out with them, duct taped some chopsticks together, and there you go. You got your own makeshift drum, uh, drum set. Yeah. Yeah, but once, you know, uh, you know, the years went by, I kind of, with school, it introduced me into the marching band, into the jazz band, and into Nisma and all that. Yeah. That definitely made me a more student of a drummer and, like, you know, more, I took lessons and all that. And, yeah, I mean, ever since then, I just kept on practicing, just kept on going at it. And I, I feel like what really propelled my drumming to the next level is that around, you know, in high school, I started using a metronome. And mm. ever since then, I haven't dropped it. I'll play with the metronome while we're playing live shows, while we're in the studio, obviously, while we're practicing. I basically never let go of it. That's why I'm always wearing those big, bulky headphones with my phone attached to it. Because it basically feeds me the click for every single song. Staying in the pocket, it lo- man. It, lo- it, looks like he's, it looks like he's tweeting, but really he's adjusting the, the BPM. <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah, I mean, people would think I'm um, picking uh, picks on Snapchat, but I'm really just going through the song set, uh, song uh, list over here. It's big, man. It's it's big. That practicing with a metronome, I hear it from all the huge like drummers that I've talked to. That just, I mean, exactly. And surprisingly, a lot of professionals are actually against it. They feel it doesn't let them, you know, do what they want. But honestly, I feel the complete opposite. I feel like I can go as crazy as I want. I know I'm still in time because it kind of controls my inner beast. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, while you're on stage, while you're practicing, there's always going to be emotion involved with anything you really enjoy. And honestly, to tame your emotion and just create more like a tamed emotion, like I was saying before, yeah, it really just, it delivers a new sort of pocket and new sort, sort of intensity yeah. in, the, in the music. For sure. For sure. You got that buoy beside you that you, you you go away from it a little bit, you come back. It's always your center that you're going back to. Exactly. And honestly, putting on those headphones, it allows me just to black out everything that's going on in stage. I'm focused on one thing. Mm-hmm. I don't care if people are talking to me. I don't care what's going on. My job right now is to rip up that drum set and go as crazy as I can, you know? Nice. Yeah, I definitely get it. Now, now it seems like from the the group 
you have like, which is usually the case, the drummer's usually like the, the widest palette of, of music. Would you say you have sort of the most influences coming through as far as genres? Oh, yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm only speaking for myself. I could be completely wrong. But I mean, I actually I started growing up uh, playing punk music. I was really influenced by Travis Barker Mm -hmm. and his drumming really inspired me just to like keep going. And then as I grew older, I really started appreciating like rock music and like heavy metal. Mm -hmm. And now, honestly, I can't I can't play a show without going with double bass. I love double bass. I really do. I think all the linear fills it creates, and I think it just adds that extra. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Thing. I mean, and definitely, you know, with only having one guitarist, I think it fills up a lot. You know, I think it fills up a lot of the things that are going on, and I think it just it it makes it more powerful at the end of the day. Also, like Foo Fighters, Taylor Hawkins. Yeah. And honestly, like I was in the jazz band, so I mean, you could even throw in jazz in there. So mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean, obviously, I wouldn't. I would never listen to jazz on my free time, to be honest. <laughs> but I, I appreciate it. It, cha- it definitely, as a drummer, it challenges you for sure. I mean, and you yeah, know. I know for sure. I mean, we have a lot of swing songs too, and to be able to, you know, go from one mindset of a swing beat into another mindset of a straight eight beat, you know, yeah. and maybe a little bit in between, you know. I mean, that's like a, like a John Bonham kind of thing, yeah. you know, like a little bit in between the swing and in between the straight eight feel you that, know that shuffle that, that he has yeah there's never there's never a straight answer but having that click it really just solidifies everything and allows me to do what is best for the song oh you know? for sure for sure i definitely agree with that shuffle too i mean both van halen and zeppelin had it and the, you get like yeah exactly I'm, i mean the shuffle on hot for teacher come on Get out of town. Oh, dude, that, that's, an, that's an insane shuffle. That's, to be honest, you can't be that. Crazy about, Johnny's always busting my chops that I got to learn it. But to be honest, I don't like listening to this. I know that's going to sound coming from this band. But like, you got to learn it. I mean, I probably couldn't learn it, but I just don't want to. You know what I mean? You, you, you got, you got <laughs> it, man. That is that is a killer, killer beat right there. For sure. Yeah, no, it's an insane beat. I mean, I love the double bass footwork that goes into it and all that crazy like motorcycle sounding uh wartime work you know yeah. it's really awesome. oh, it definitely yeah. is. i tried to go along with drumeo and learn it and uh i failed horribly so you know yeah it's... i mean <laughs> surprise even like um even like tribute bands like i mean i mean obviously they're playing it but no, no, no one's playing it verbatim you yeah know? i don't even think Alexander Helen plays it verbatim i could be wrong but <laughs> well, well that's the crazy thing that like i feel like is so underappreciated by by van halen is the fact that uh, Eddie practiced nonstop, and that's well known. But like Alex was just like naturally just amazing, and he just went behind the kit and was just like this monster. And I'm just like, how this guy is just a freak of nature with his drumming. This dude's practicing 15 hours a day, but like I feel like the rhythm section of Van Halen was so unsung just because of how amazing. Eddie was like it gets overshadowed, but anyways. Yeah. Anyways, definitely. I I also couldn't help but notice, Alex, you've got 
two years left on a on a civil engineering degree. What? You're working. Yeah, I'm going to Hofstra College right now. It's right down the road for me, so uh, it's nice and convenient. Because right now I'm actually doing online remote learning. Yeah. Just so you know, we got we got shows going on, we got all this going on. But yeah, I'm, I'm doing a uh, civil engineering right now. I'm gonna be honest. Differential equations and fluid mechanics. That does not sound as good as rocking out. Nope. That is. <laughs> hey man, I already I already uh, passed all my uh, differential equations over here. So I, I'm in a smooth sailing right now. You're in the free. Yeah. There you Cheers. go. There you go. Yeah, dude. I mean, honestly, I mean, I really relate math to music so much. I actually wrote my college essay about this going nice. into high school. No, nice. uh, I mean, uh, high school going into college is just like how everything, even in nature, like everything has some sort of pattern. Oh, like, yeah. I, like the uh, Fibonacci sequence, like in nature. Yeah. I know this is uh, trailing off the, the uh, path of music. But oh, we I'm do it all the time. Don't worry about it. It's good. Keep going. <laughs> no, yeah. But what I'm saying is that math is so connected. Even if everything seems so chaotic, there's always a formula behind something. And that formula might be the metronome. Yeah. You know, that formula might be the time signature that you want to mess around with, you know? Yeah. There's always something that's grounding something to the... Nothing is ever sporadic. Oh, know? yeah. There's always something that's going on behind you the scenes that involves math, really, you know? I, I mean, that's just honestly... I feel like that's the truth. Hey, it's true, man. Tool, the master engineers of the time signature there. Holy crap. Yeah. They're going from... <laughs> Seven eight actually, to eight eleven to three four to yeah, everything. Totally, uh, time uh, eternity. Yeah. What's the uh, Dream Theater song? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, though. With Mike Portnoy playing that, oh, I think God. he has forty two different uh, time signature changes, which In is absolutely insane. I don't think I could ever do that. Insane. But that's why you know. That's why I look up to him. He's an amazing artist, but. I also in our one of our latest songs we actually threw in like a seven eight beat or Ooh. a seven four I mean nice. which is which is pretty cool. I mean I honestly like besides four four, I think seven four, seven eight is probably my favorite feel. Yeah. I think it's just like it honestly it's just like a different like um like you expect it but you don't expect it. It's mm -hmm. kinda of one of those, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, that's always the thing with changing those time signatures. It's putting it in, it's making it feel natural, it's making people want to exactly. want to tap their foot but they don't really know how and they go what exactly That's, this exactly. is catchy but i don't know why yes! now one other thing i wanted to say alex i don't know if you ever get this but for some reason in some pictures you catch me as like a hard edge jimmy fallon hmm. does anybody else in the yeah, band see that I feel, like, I feel like that's almost my second name at this point. I feel okay. like when we go through TikTok comments, whatever Instagram comments yeah. you think of, it's always like, yo, you guys hired Jimmy Fallon to be part of your crew? And I'm like, yeah, sure, we can go with that. Now, you know? now I mean, to your to your credit, I will say now you you look much younger than Jimmy. Jimmy's starting to get some age because of I think the <laughs> I think the tonight show's wearing him down. You're starting to notice it. It's getting he's getting a little whew. It's a little rough every yeah. night, you know? It is what it is. Yeah, I'd still love to meet Jimmy Fallon, though. Hey. That'd be awesome. It'd hey. be like meeting myself in the mirror. Now, <laughs> now the Doc G show next, the Tonight Show. A little step up. Just a little bit. But I, I got a feeling that's going to happen for the Metal Hawks. Um, now, that, that would be insane. Last but not least, let's go Let's go to Adam. Uh, Adam, it's only been, it's only been two years. Uh, with the Metal Hawks, but I mean, you've you've had a you know you've had a story obviously before the Metal Hawks. You were on American Idol. You went to uh, you went to college for toy creation. Like you you've done voice work. How did you get hooked up with the Metal Hawks? Yeah, so uh, it's been a wild ride. Uh, 
after after American Idol, I did some stuff. Uh, like you said, I did some voiceovers for Pokemon mm-hmm. uh, and a couple other animated features and stuff. Uh, and I worked at Fisher Price. Yeah, making toys. Uh, but I was I played in a band called The Influence, and we were just kind of doing covers uh, all around Long Island. Yeah, and uh, uh, our previous manager actually reached out and was like, "Hey, let's you know, uh, let's work on like." Up in the studio, he's got a home studio. Uh, he's like, "Come on down, we'll we'll try to write some songs and make an album." So yeah, we were working on some songs and recording. And uh, uh, his partner at the time was like, "Hey, uh, I know this band called the Metal Hawks. Yeah, they're super young, but they're insanely talented. Like, you got to meet them and let's see if we can kind of put this together." Yeah. So uh, I met them and uh, we played like one song, and it was like. All right, this is this is some good stuff. Like we need to we need to make this a real band. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so we got together. We actually wrote some songs together, and it was like, all right, this is it. This is a band. Adam and the Metalhawks. Nice, nice, just like that, just like. And that was that was 2019, right? Yeah, yeah, not too long ago. Wow, wow. Now, now one one thing to the Metalhawks, I'll pose this to Ryan. Uh, like I, I was thinking about this because you guys obviously are all young. Um, right. I mean, when you were getting started, and you were in, like you said, a, school, a, a band of middle schoolers and high schoolers, were other people into this, or were you sort of the the weird outcast of the of the school, like playing this music? Were you these rock guys that were just rock guys that everybody else was like, so they're into Van Halen? I don't know what that is. Were you were were you those guys? Yeah, I mean, I I don't think we were, we were really the most like popular band in high school. You know, there there was a rival band in high school. I don't know if you would even call it a rival band. We never played with each other or anything. Yeah. But I, I was friends with the guys with the band. Um, but in in school, I mean, I wouldn't call myself the popular kid, but I wouldn't call myself an outcast either because I had I had like little groups of friends in the school. Yeah. But honestly, the the older the older I got, the less I cared. Yeah. You know, I just. Like, like when you're in middle school and you're first going through puberty, it's like, oh, I have to be the most popular kid. I have to get the most girls. I have, yeah. to, I have to have all these girlfriends, you know yeah. what I mean? But when you get old, but when you get older, like, especially now that I'm 21 and I've been out of school for like three years, it's like, no, cares. you know, just, just be yourself. And that's all that really matters. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you know pe- people knew about us, but I don't think we really made a big deal out of it especially not in my school gotcha. johnny and i actually went to the john and i actually went to the same high school yeah uh, Blanche high school but we were like we were like three years apart i right. graduated in 2018 and johnny graduated ago. yeah adam i got i got a question so uh if you know you guys started like we said 2019 started forming so you didn't even get like really a full year before the pandemic hit how many like how many gigs did you get to play before the pandemic? So yeah, like uh, you know, we we formed and uh, we were writing songs and recording, and we may have played maybe like ten shows, twelve shows, mm. just at random bars or or little venues on Long Island. Yeah, and we we're actually gearing up for a European tour. Yeah, uh, for that summer, uh, we were going to play in Switzerland at a music festival and the UK. And uh, then, of course, all the lockdowns happened and shut everything down and postponed and canceled and all that stuff. Uh, but 
yeah, it was, uh, you know, we were, we were pretty much ready to go and tour the world. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, circumstances happen, whatever. But now, now that things are opening up again, we're ready to go. For sure. For sure. Now, like, what was the outlook when the pandemic hit and things did start shutting down? I mean, was the idea when you guys couldn't tour, did you like say, we're going to make a conscious effort on the social media thing? Let's see if we can make that happen. Yeah, so everybody, as soon as TikTok came out, everybody was like, uh, you know, you got to go on TikTok. My brother's like, you got to go on TikTok. What are you doing? <laughs> and, uh, you know, we TikTok at, as a, at the time was kind of more just like people doing random dances and like, yeah. some memes and stuff. And they're like, I don't know, I, you know, some some people were putting music on there, but it was like, ah, I don't know. Yeah. And, and we were more focused on our original music and doing shows. Yeah. So once once we couldn't do that anymore, it was like, well, I guess we got to jump on TikTok. <laughs> and, uh, and you can't really just kind of throw your your song up there as an ad and and hope for the best. You got to yeah. kind of integrate it into the systems that are already there. Yeah. There's a lot of memes and a lot of trends. Yeah. So our first foray into TikTok uh, that we had success with was these blue bowls on our heads. Yeah. And we hit them with water bottles and just play classic rock covers. Yeah. Uh, and we found some success with that and uh, kind of made a name for ourselves on the platform. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's insane how famous you guys sort of got in the last nine months. I mean, you've got 3 million followers on TikTok. You got over 800,000 on Instagram, sort of back channel, back to t uh, Instagram from TikTok there. Yeah. Do you, like, do you feel more pressure now? Now that you've got all that as far as posting something, are you like, oh, crap. Three million people are going to look at this. Is this stupid? Should we do this, or do you just like, or do you just go ahead and say well, whatever, post it? Who cares? It's like it's like, you know what it is. It's like it's like great. We've done all the meme stuff with like TikTok and everything with the bulls, and obviously Jack Black's doing us and all yeah. those stuff. And Instagram pages like Barstool sharing us and getting people from there. Yeah, I think at this point, you know, that's freaking awesome yeah you know, we're releasing an original music we just released a, a single backwards like three weeks ago yeah it's already two hundred thousand views on youtube which is absolutely insane to me um you know it's just it's just more faces that are going to see your music for sure That's, it's always it's always at least one more person that like i like to say that that came for the meme and stayed for the music <laughs> you know what i mean well that that was what i was gonna bring up because like it is i mean it is definitely you're you're starting to see that increase, but there's definitely some lag between like your TikTok and Instagram, and then looking at just the numbers of pure streaming services. Like, do you ever want to get on TikTok and just be like, "Hey, we're a rock band. Listen to our music. That's what we actually do." Like, stop, stop just looking at these posts and listen to our music. Do you ever have that urge, or do you just like, ah, well, they'll eventually get around to it. I mean, we kind of have to have that mindset of like, you know, uh, you, you have to put out what they want to see yeah. first tends to be the memes uh, and the comedy aspect, which is in line with our personalities anyway. You know, we're, we're all pretty active on social media anyway. Yeah. So uh, I think it's kind of like you say, it's... Uh, memes first and then uh, hopefully whatever trickles down to our actual music uh is great you know yeah. 
before we we did stuff on TikTok and Instagram, it, we it was a struggle to try to get people to actually just listen to our music. And now we're getting like thirty thousand streams on Spotify a month and like yeah. stuff like that. And like Ryan said, you know, our new music video is doing really well on YouTube. Just comes down to uh, the, the fans that are willing to take a little step further and. When we do post something like, hey, guys, we're, we're going to put out a new song on Friday or <laughs> our, our new music video just came out. Go check out the link. Yeah. Uh, you know, those posts don't do as well as as our Jack Black memes and stuff. But yeah, uh, you got to take take it all uh, with a grain of salt. That's true. That's true. Now, uh, I mean, along with that, with that grain of salt, inevitably every now and then you get that occasion, occasional hater. Blam. Like I've I've. I've trolled through the comments, and there's that hater in there every now and then. I'm like, really? Really? Sometimes I want to comment. Like, there was one comment, Adam, about your, your voice on a particular song. They're like, it doesn't fit this song. I hate to say it, but I don't like it. And I was just like, I wanted to comment back to that guy. What's your guy's policy on haters? Like, do you just, do you just ignore them? Is that, is that the policy? Like, ignore them and just let them hate or what? We're just kind of, we're just kind of whatever about it, honestly. I mean, if it's one if it's one comment out of a hundred, even a thousand, you know, it's like it's like whatever, you know. Yeah. But when it gets to be like around maybe forty or fifty out of a hundred, then we might sit back and say, hmm, you know, maybe maybe we're doing something wrong here, <laughs> or maybe we just got maybe we just got to change what we're doing a little bit. Yeah. So I mean, as long as long as it's as long as the vast majority of our fan base is loving what we're doing, whether it's memes or music or whatever. That you know, yeah. that's what makes us happy it, se- it seems the vast do it's that one troll you know every now and then that's yeah. the thing as I'd look and I'd just be like troll man come on come on what are you saying <laughs> you're an a-hole you know we're, we're fortunate enough to have a fan base that will uh, defend us in those situations too like yeah. <laughs> I'll be on Facebook or Instagram a, a comment like you're saying and like three or four people will, will jump on them and be like, "Hey, man, no, shut up." Man. That's true. That's true. You know, they'll kind of defend us too, so we don't have to jump in between. You, you, uh, you know, let the people speak. Yeah, you got the AMH. You got the AMH posse coming out, coming out for you. I like it. I like it. Now. You mentioned it. Uh, the new single "Backwards" just came out uh, a couple weeks back, and uh, I love the beat. Great, great drums on it. Killer harmonies like I was talking about before. Awesome melody as far as the chorus. Now, is this is this a teaser for a new album, or was this sort of a standalone single? It, it was kind of a standalone single at first, but we are we are working towards making a full album. We've been we've been in the studio since June working on new original stuff. Obviously, we'll, we continue to write new songs while we're in rehearsal. So hopefully by hopefully by the end of the next year. That's that's what I would say. I'm not I'm not announcing anything. I'm not confirming anything. <laughs> hopefully by the end of next. But hopefully by the end of next year, you know, we'll have we'll have an album out of all new original material. Nice, nice. Now, what what do you want to advance from the first from the 2020 album? What are you looking to you know change and prove? What do you want to uh, you know put out on this new album that you're working on? I mean, nothing nothing in particular, honestly. But I think it's kind of part of the mindset that we always have when it comes to songwriting. Yeah. Like when we write a song, like it has to be the, the best song ever. Yeah. Like I remember when we, I remember when we first wrote "Wasting Time," which is I think was one of the first songs we ever wrote together. Yeah. And just thinking like that was great. 
And then, and then we were like, hey, hey, mama. It's like, whoa, this is even better, you know? And then it just kept going on to like backwards and like all this other unreleased material. I was like, oh my God, you know, wait till the people hear this. Yeah. You know? It, so I think, so I think it's not like a particular thing. Yeah. In general, that we want to change from the last album or whatever. But I think it's just part of like our determination to just, just be the best kick-ass rock band in the world and make some killer tunes. It's, it's sort of the idea of whatever makes you the most excited. You're doing it right. If you guys get exactly. really amped about it, yeah. then then it's then it's the right stuff. Yeah, exactly. okay. I mean, uh, we'll we'll keep working on the song until we get to that point. You know, like we we always want to have our newest song be our best song. You yeah. Know? If it's not as good as backwards or as uh, wasting time, it's like why well, put it out? Like we need it to be the best song that we've written. Yeah. You know? And. Uh, that's kind of been our philosophy with the writing process. So we're really excited to eventually have this new album of all songs that we feel are our best songs yet. And, and that'll continue. For sure. Now for, for 2021, do you, have you, have you scheduled a lot of uh, uh, new tour local gigs uh, throughout the United States? Or are you staying mainly uh, in the Long Island area? To be announced. <laughs> to be announced so you're working on some yeah. stuff it could potentially <laughs> around the country huh we're just we gotta no, yeah hold on yeah we're working it okay okay i like it well i fellas i felt like at the end of this interview i wanted to go around just sort of round circle around the band ask some uh you know big questions in classic rock get your opinion weigh in on some some questions i had about classic rock, some of your favorite bands. Yeah. See what your answers were. Are you good with that? Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, let's start with Johnny. Johnny, I was thinking about this, and I know a lot of the band loves Metallica. They have, you know, uh, uh, Ryan was talking about the Cliff Burton days. Your opinion Metallica pre Black Album or Metallica post Black Album? Which is better? Oh God! See, the thing is, I'm not that big of a Metallica fan. Okay. Oh, well, then let me switch it to Ryan. Then Ryan. Yeah, that's a Ryan question right there. Yeah. No, I de I definitely gotta go with um, I definitely gotta go with pre Black album just because the whole like clip thing or whatever. Yeah. Like like Black albums like Enter Sandman, like um, The Unforgiven, Nothing yeah. Else Matters, like that. Yeah. Sabbath True. Um, not to say they haven't released music after the Black Album, which they have. Oh, for sure. Um, but I just, I just feel like, especially the first three albums with Cliff and even Injustice for All, they just had that, it just had that raw energy, that anger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, personally, my I, favorite I before the the Black Album is Ride the Lightning. I mean, uh, that's that's the best for me. Yeah, I that, mean, that's that's a great album. If that, that, would, that would have to that would have to be my favorite Metallica album. Nice. Just to chime in, this is an underrated song, but I also love Trapped Under Ice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a jam. I mean, I really, honestly, all Metallica. I'm not gonna. I mean, I just wanted to see what the opinion was. But back to Johnny. Let's do it for one of your favorite bands, then Van Halen. <laughs> With yeah, Sammy Hagar or with David Lee Roth? See, it's really difficult, but I feel like you got to go with Diamond Dave. Yeah, okay. Just because, you know, you just can't go wrong with those those classic songs. You know, I love Sammy stuff, too. Yeah. So it's like, it's really hard to decide. I, I agree with you. I, I, get, I get down on a little people that won't go Van Hagar. I'm like, come on. 
They were exploring with yeah, synths. Yeah. They had good jams. I mean, if you don't have that, you don't have right now. I love right now. That's a jam. Yeah, exactly. Come on. And the whole album was Ex- Like I know you're not asking me. <laughs> like I love David. I love like I love I love David Lee Roth too. But I felt I felt like it had to end like after 1984 because like the tension was just like so high. Whatever. Yeah. Like Dave wanted to go in his own direction. Eddie Van Halen and the rest of the Van Halen band they were they were going in their direction. So. They parted ways. They got Sammy, and it just became a totally, totally new band, which yeah. also created some awesome music. Dif- different frontman style, and I definitely, I mean, if I could be anybody on on stage, I'd much rather be Diamond Dave than Sammy Hagar. But still, yeah. I mean, b- both of them, both of them did their thing. Alex, best rock and roll drum beat. What, in your opinion, what song has the best beat? We talked about a couple, but what would you say that you go back to and go, man, that's a groove? Oh my God, that's a tough question. Yeah. That's, that's really hard. By AMH, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I love my I love my beats backwards. <laughs> that's true. Honestly, a lot of the beats that really inspire me are like uh, like Travis Barker's beats. I feel like they're just so unique. Yeah, I love his like um like I miss you. That's a great song. Like it's just so creative with using the rim click. And honestly, that's what inspired me to use the rim click for uh for what's it called backwards. Nice. The, uh, yeah. Song I miss you. Yeah. Yeah, but I just wanted to put a more punky feel instead of like a shuffle kind of thing. You got so it. I was just like you yeah, know, that can be cool. Um, I uh, I also like the uh, song feeling this. I think that's a pretty cool intro. Honestly, no, no, the probably most iconic drum intro yeah. is probably Rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin. Mm, I feel like the reverse. That, yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually, we used to play that. Um, before Adam, we had a, you know, his Metalhawk, he used to open up with that sometimes. It was an awesome yeah. song. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the people don't know. It doesn't start on the one. It starts on the end of three. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Like, exactly. You have to count the band. One, two, three. You know what I'm it, saying? Yeah. It's it's but, classic. I, I I would go that I mean I go cliche with the drummer's opinion, but I, I go I go when the levee breaks. That's a that just that echo that they recorded that drum beat on. Mm. Mm. That's a Yeah, that, I gotta I gotta look at that. I, I, I like um the name isn't clicking with me. I probably know the song obviously. Last, the name is just not clicking. Last song on, on Zeppelin four. Levy break. That's yeah. what it is. Oh, it's good. I check it out after. I, I definitely know it's just not the name's not clicking with me. You'll you'll hear it and go, yeah, yeah, that's sweet. Oh yeah, that's no, sweet. I for sure. Know. Uh, Adam, best rock and roll sing along song. I'll give you four options. These are mine. If you want to choose one that's outside <laughs> of it, feel free. But rock and roll all night, Kiss, Journey, Don't Stop Believing, Oasis, Wonderwall, Panama, Van Halen. What's the best sing-along song, do you think? Damn. That's really tough. I mean, so, I love, I just love uh, Kiss's performances. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, rock and roll all night is like such an anthem, such like a party song. Oh, yeah. And I think I have to give it to them. You know, like, it might not be the most sophisticated, it might not be the most polished, but they know how to rock. It's for sure, and it, and it translates to the audience, and that's something that uh, that I would love to bring to our performances is just the crowd participation. You know, yeah. that's always big at our shows as well. Uh, we have a song called "Long Die Rock," and yeah. it's pretty much about how uh, people think that rock is dead, and it's just going to die for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> not going anywhere. So you got uh, definitely inspired by big anthem songs like like rock and roll all night. So I'm going for that for sure. For sure, you got you got some you got some participation there. At Wood talk. I saw it. I saw some. I saw some wave yeah. action. I saw some sing alongs. We, we don't. We don't put up uh, a wall when we're on stage. You know, the uh, the audience is is always part of the performance. So nice. Uh, yeah, we try to keep that energy flowing. I like it. I like it, Johnny. Back to you at the top. Let's say now this is going to be another tough one. You can give me a couple if you want, but best solo in rock. What do you think the best solo is? Oh, God. I like uh, the soul of the Bohemian Rhapsody. I feel like that one is just nice. Everyone knows that one. Yeah. You know? And Brian is just so amazing. But then, you know, then Eruption, Van Halen. Yeah. I mean, he was just so creative and invented so many new techniques that nobody ever heard before. Oh, yeah. I think that's a real eruption. For sure. So, now, now, I saw you playing that. When was the, when, when did you, would you say you, you got it at least good enough to show off as far as playing Eruption? I mean, I was playing Eruption early Metal Hawk when we used to, you know, play shows around here. So, I mean, wow. when I was like 10 years old, I had it good enough where I played in front of someone, you know? Yeah, that's insane. That's <laughs> I mean, insane. That's, it's really young, but... It's crazy. Yeah. Ryan, besides Alex, who's the drummer you'd most want to play with? If you were filling out a, a rhythm section, who's the drummer, like, alive or dead, that you're like, that guy would groove besides Alex? Neil Peart, 100. percent Oh, nice. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm a huge Rush fan. That's like obviously Geddy Lee is one of my favorite influences. As a drummer, I used to play with Rush like nonstop. Like I, I always loved playing along with, like Tom Sawyer and YYZ. Even Lavilla Strangiato. Like you know, I could play YYZ, but can you play Lavilla Strangiato? Yeah. Um, and and he not only was he one of the best drummers in rock, but he wrote some of the greatest like rock lyrics ever. Oh yeah. Like Limelight. I can't pretend the stranger is a long-awaited friend. That's Neil. That was part of, that was part of his struggle with fame and everything. Yeah, just a great writer, great drummer. You know, God rest his soul. Such a um, such yeah. a long not, live long live Neil. Yeah, such a not uh, a rock and roll star too. I mean, as le at least as what you think of. You know, just this undercover uh, dude that's quiet wears weird hats and just rocks out to 400 drums back there. It's crazy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That, that's all three guys in Rush. Yeah, it's you know? true. And, I think, and, I like, and, I like, and I like to think that we're kind of like that to a certain extent. You know, we're, we're not sitting here trying to be anybody or be that damn and we're pretentious, you know. Just playing. We're just being ourselves. And we, yeah. We're just being ourselves and we just want to make the best music there is. I like it. music we can make and hopefully people enjoy it. For sure. And that's all we can ask for. Well, I'll bounce it back, Alex. Besides Ryan, who's the bassist you'd most want to play with to fill out the, the rhythm section? I'd probably have to go with um, the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, mm, Flea. Nice. Yeah. Dude. I'd probably have to go with him just because I grew up listening to punk. I grew up listening, and God, he has some amazing bass licks. You know? He's a monster, man. He's a, he's oh, a, yeah. my, and I mean, he's a, he started out on trumpet. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. What's actually really cool is um, my dad's boss, my dad's a teacher now, my dad's boss, his brother with Flea, which is insane. What? <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. I mean, I personally never spoke to him, and I don't know if my dad has, but I thought that's pretty cool. That's crazy, <laughs> man. That is... Yeah, I mean, it just shows how small of a world it is, you know? He, uh, I mean, you were talking, though, you know, they always wanted to play the best music as far as Rush. 
That was the Chili Peppers. I mean, especially Flea, though. I mean, that dude went back to get his master's in trumpet. And he went back to college to learn trumpet after he'd been in the Red Hot Chili Peppers for like 20 years, 25 years. He loves... That's crazy. Yeah, he loves music, man. And he is... I mean, I... Yeah, I mean... I'm, he's up there. That's a total music step all around, you know what I mean? For sure. To be honest, my biggest flaw is that if I ever picked up a, a guitar, I would have no idea what I'm playing. I actually, I could put smoke in the water. Nice. And I have early metal hogs. I used to do backup vocals, but it was never for singing. It was usually just chanting, you know, where a tone, it wasn't really tone. It was more just like yeah. a chanting vocal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you know, you got yeah. you got time anyways. You can learn something down the road. You can get another instrument yeah, exactly. under your belt. You got it. Right now, you got the engineering yeah, exactly. thing. You got that going. It's fine. <laughs> Adam, let's say who's got the rock and roll, the most rock and roll swagger. I'll put four people on the board, but again, if you think of something out, outside of it, let me know. I've got Slash, Guns N' Roses, Lemmy, Motorhead, Freddie Mercury, Queen, Mick Jagger, Rolling Stones. Who's coming with the most swagger? Oh, this is so tough. Like, jeez. It's I, uh, I. I throw the hard balls. What can I say? It's. <laughs> I, I was going to add Mick Jagger to the list if you didn't say him last. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, really, all four of them. Like Slash is just what if you think of rock and roll, you think of Slash. Yeah. I think. I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Uh, I, I think I have to give it to Freddie Mercury because he is just an absolute legend. Like he's a know, performer. He's the, yeah, he's like the epitome of putting his craft before himself. Mm-hmm. You know, and that just gives him all that swag. That gives him, you know, the the person in the room that's not trying to be cool is ends up being the coolest. You know, yeah. and like he he didn't want any like. Uh, he didn't want to fix his overbite because he was worried that it was going to affect his singing. Like, yeah. you know, that's that's just dedication right there. And uh, I, I think that gives him a ton of street cred for I, it. And, you know, he, he'll, he'll be remembered forever. So I, that's I, flag right there. I think after the movie, yeah, he uh, uh, people realized after the Queen movie, like, holy crap, that dude was a, a boss. That dude. Yeah. That dude yeah. was a performer. Um, well, and, uh, I, I, I feel like I find myself, uh, realizing that there's just even more queen songs out there that I just didn't even know was queen, you know, like deep cuts. Oh yeah. Classics that are just like, by the way, that's also queen, a queen song. It's like, you yeah. guys are just incredible. It is. It, it's crazy. They, I mean, to say the queen, I feel like before the, the movie came out, you could almost make an argument that the queen was underappreciated. Now, I mean, I feel like after the, the their movie came out, they they rose to this crazy level, like that now most everybody knows them. And you you talk to like a random person, you're like favorite bands, and they'll be like Queen. It'll be a bunch of weird. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll be like you know, it'll be uh, Weekend and Dua Lipa and Queen, right, and you're like, right. what? That's a it's <laughs> a weird yeah. group. Um, anyways, last question. I'm going to, I'm going to throw this one to Ryan. Last question. Uh, oh boy. Is Adam and the metal Hawks the next big thing of rock and roll? Hmm. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, honestly, honestly, that's, that's all, that's all I can say. Honestly, 
You just, just, I, just I hope so. Just you guys, want, like you said, you want to put your, your nose to the grind and make the best rock and roll out there. Oh, yeah, 100%. I love it. And, and if and if we're the and if we're the next big thing, you know that's that's absolutely awesome, and that's like that's literally like a childhood dream of mine. But you know what? Pe- people like you, like all three million of our TikTok followers, all eight hundred thousand plus of our Instagram followers, YouTube, YouTube yeah. subscribers, Twitter followers, Facebook likes, you know, each and every one of you have just led us to be one step closer to actually be able to do this for our lives. For sure. And for all of us, you know that that's just that's just a dream for us. So are we the next big thing? I like to think yes, but that's really up to the people to decide. Hopefully they think the same. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. You heard it from Ryan's mouth, folks. It's it's the next big thing, <laughs> and it's coming to a town near you, maybe. We don't know. To be announced. Yes. You got to watch the social media. It could be coming near you. Fellas, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Thanks for having yeah, us, man. For sure. Really good question. Oh, thank you, Adam. Thank you. Listeners, really you can check out everything on their popular social media pages at AMH Band, and all the music streaming services have their original album and the new single, Backwards. Right now, let's take a listen to that newest single, Backwards, right here on the Doc G Show.
are back here on the Doc G Show. You just heard backwards from Adam and the Metal Hawks. Fantastic. Thanks to the guys there in the band. Ryan, Johnny, Adam, and Alex. Better known as the Metal Hawks and Adam. Or Adam and the Metal Hawks. Fantastic, those guys. That's a fact. Uh... I don't know. Did you know that before the uh, interview? I bet you didn't know that Adam was on American Idol. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's right. American Idol. Yeah. Seems like a lot of pressure. I don't think I'd be able to do American Idol. Nope. And that's a, that's a lot of pressure just setting up there being a... Again, I guess if I was actually talented as a singer, it probably wouldn't be as nerve-wracking, but... Yeah. Man, that's, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. Uh, have you ever, have you, have you ever done like a comedy, like challenge like that, Mike, where, you know, it's like tournament style. Hmm. Uh, I auditioned twice for America's Got Talent and I actually, uh, got through to the producers both times. Nice. Nice. And, but past that though. (laughs) Producers take them producers. Come on. Come What's on, your problem? Guys. Give me a Jeez. chance. Just let me let him, on national TV. Let him tell some <laughs> jokes. Come on. <laughs> I've never, I, I don't know. I don't think they would take me on America's Talent if I just got up there with a microphone and started doing my show. Hey, guys, this is it. This is a, it's a radio show, and I do this. What the Well, you need a story. You have to have something. You need to be like, you you need to to be like raised by wolves or you're abandoned on the side of the street. Yeah. mm -hmm. Uh, I will make up a complete fabricated (laughs) story. That's what will happen. It will be very sad. Uh, Regardless... Regardless, thanks to Adam and the Metal Hawks. I can't wait to hear some good music from them. I mean, just imagine, though, I don't know if you caught that, Mike, when I was talking to Johnny about playing the guitar, and he said he could play uh, Eruption, Van Halen, when he was 10. He played it well yeah. enough Girl, come on. to like show it off at 10 years old. Like, that's insane. Like... That is some talent there, man. Talk yeah. about America's Got Talent. That is talent. Like, good Lord, I couldn't come anywhere close to playing that now. Nope. Uh, I've, got, I've got at least two score on him if we're going Abraham Lincoln age. Come on now. That's crazy. <laughs> Anyways, okay, Mike, uh, we've got we to gotta catch up. I forgot to do – I got so excited about our uh, – I got so excited about the uh, social media influencers that I forgot to do our birthday suits. We got two birthday suits. Ah. So we got one sort of related to basketball and one related to music. Which one do you want to go with first? Basketball, for sure. Uh, Okay. Basketball. Okay, we'll go strong with basketball. I think you got this one. I'm pretty confident. I'm at least over 50%. So it's not a coin flip, at least. Uh, So... Born in Manhattan on September 22nd, 1942. Our birthday suit wearer grew up loving basketball, but he's never that great at playing basketball. He ended up attending Rutgers for undergrad and then went to Columbia University for law school. Our birthday suit wearer joined the law firm Proskauer, uh, Rose, Getz, and Mendelssohn. Man, those are some hard names for that law firm. Anyways, he went to that uh, law firm after law school and represented the NBA in many 
high-profile cases. In 1978, he left the law firm to become the NBA's general counsel. Then he became the executive vice president for business and legal affairs. In 1984, our birthday suit wearer became the commissioner of the league. Our birthday suit wearer switched focus to star players of the league like Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and Michael Jordan. He started promoting the league outside of America all across the world. He expanded the league with seven new teams while he was the commissioner. While being commissioner, he helped create the WNBA and the G League. By 2014, he was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Our birthday suit wearer was succeeded by Adam Silver in 2014. Sadly, our birthday suit wearer passed away in 2020. Name that birthday suit wearer. Uh, I was going to say Adam Silver, but I was, uh, I was oh, so no. bad. I'll give you I'll give you the initials. See if you can if it jogs anything. D S. Hmm. Um I know I'm you're so bad. No, I know you're gonna I, know the name. Nivy. You're gonna know the name. David Stern. Uh, David, David Stern. Stern. Yes. Yes. David Stern. He would have been uh he would have been seventy nine today. David Stern mm. would have been 79. He did. I mean, uh, any NBA fan has to tip their hat to uh, David yeah. Stern. I mean, he made NBA what it is. Like, it wouldn't be anywhere. Obviously, if they didn't have Michael Jordan, they wouldn't be anywhere close to what they are today. But So true. Uh, he was the person that made it all about the stars, all about Magic versus Larry, all about Michael after that. Uh, I mean, he was the one that wanted to make the dream team, and the whole reason he wanted to make the dream team was so that the whole world could see all the amazing players from the NBA. And because of that, now you got all kinds of super famous uh, international players like Djokovic and, uh, or, or Jok Jokic, not Djokovic. We're not in tennis. What am I saying? Girl, Jokic. <laughs> And uh, and uh, what's his name? Um, young guy, um, um, Luca. Luca, there we go. Luca Doncic. Yeah. yeah, he got all kinds of all star. I mean, the MVP was an international player. That's thanks to David Stern. You know, that's wow. uh, that's thanks to making it an international, truly international game. We wouldn't have the Charlotte Hornets if it wasn't for David Stern. We wouldn't have uh, the the Memphis Grizzlies. We wouldn't have the Toronto Raptors. We wouldn't have the Timberwolves. We wouldn't have your team, Mike, the Orlando Magic. We wouldn't have wow. any of those teams without David Stern. He expanded the league. Big, big tip of the hat. Big happy birthday, David Stern. There we go. Okay. This one, I, I, I sadly, I think I'm a little less confident than David Stern. Oh! We'll see. I'm it's, 0 for 2, but uh, we'll, we'll try to get at least It's going to be tough. How, how, how do you do on current rap? Current rap. I'm, I am decent, but okay. not, uh, yeah. I don't know. You've fallen short on your decent on the last two times yeah, you've claimed that. Right. So we'll see. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, born on September 22nd, 1991. In Memphis, Tennessee, our birthday suit wearer liked rap from a young age, but he didn't start making his own music until later on in life. He released his first mixtape in 2012 titled From the Block to the Booth. 
Over the next four years, he released three more mixtapes that increased his name and increased in popularity, including guest appearances from Yo Gotti, The Migos, and, uh, and many others. His first full-length album was released in 2018. His second most popular album came out in January 2020, titled Time Served. Hmm. It reached number two on the Billboard charts and sold over 500,000 copies. His latest and his most popular album came out this year, titled Gangsta's Pain, reaching number one on the Billboard charts. Some of his best-known songs are uh, Said Some, featuring City Girls and Da Baby. Time today and hard for the next. Mm. Mm. So bad. No. I was mm. thinking Bobby Shmurda first. No. Uh, some, no. Like time served thing. But I don't well, I don't know if this helps. But if you're into the dating scene, our birthday suit wearer dated Megan the Stallion in 2018 and 2019. Don't uh, know. Another that. person I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I have no idea. <laughs> Money bag yo. <laughs> Money oh. bag, yo. Yeah, I have no idea who that is. So, okay. <laughs> so, all right. We'll throw him in there with the social media uh, stars there for you. There yeah. you go. New one on the list. Money bag, yo. Hit a couple of number ones. He dated Megan, Megan the Stallion. Uh, Megan the Stallion. She's uh, she's pretty popular so true she's uh you should get to know megan the stallion she's uh definitely big time big time in the rap scene she's also just big time uh she's she's like 5'11 she's a she's a big old lady that's why they call her megan the stallion because she's she's big in size she's uh mm. you know yeah you you gotta know megan the stallion i just remember you gotta know megan the stallion because of wop you remember wop I mean, I remember the song, but like that was like one of those songs where it's it's just too rap for me. I like hip hop. It was know. too gimmicky was, for you. I I would say too, gimmicky. Okay, gimmicky. Yeah, that's another. That's definitely another phrase for that for sure. Yeah, because I mean, gimmicky for me. No offense to the ladies that made it with Megan The Stallion, but I mean, it's it's one of those that I feel like it was it was more of just a, a factor of reeling people in because they're like, wait, what does it stand for? What you, can you know? Say that? Yeah, yeah. I think that was more uh, more more of what it was all about. Less, of, and of course, it's got Cardi B, so that's gonna make it go bananas. But anyways, it, it, that. That's all aside the point because we're not talking about Megan the Stallion. We're talking about Money Bag Yo. So it is Money Bag Yo's 30th birthday. Uh, turning the big train tay there. So getting it done. Money Bag Yo. And I mean, he's got 8 million followers on our monthly listeners on Spotify, Mike. So you got to get to know wow. Money Bag Yo. Get to know him. Get to know him. He's big time. Anyways, happy birthday to Moneybag Yo. Uh, okay, Mike, I got to let you know we've got a fantastic show. I'm very excited about the show. Uh, next week, we've got a fantastic guest coming on. We've got none other than Joseph Terrell of Mipso coming on the show. Mipso, huge group out of North Carolina. They're doing their thing. They just started touring again. They're touring up and down the West Coast right now. Uh, you might want to, I don't know, drive out to see them. They've got a couple shows in Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado. It's going to be a couple-hour drive regardless of where you go. But you're closer than I am, so I'm just saying. Not too far away. 
Yeah, just think about it. It's going to be fantastic, though. We're going to have Joseph Terrell on the show. We're going to talk all about uh, their music. They released an album over the pandemic. We're going to talk about some other stuff going on. Super excited to talk to him. That's going to be next week's show. But for now, we got to wrap up this week's show. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as per usual, Mikey Maximus, the Furnicus, Charette. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yes. And thanks to your listeners for not sending me hate mail for missing some of these very important birthday suits. I no. really feel genuinely kind of bad for this. <laughs> like, well, come on, well, David Stern. It it's it's you know what it is, Mike. It's a learning experience. Yes! You know, yeah, it it's is. It's a learning. I appreciate experience. that. So, it it, I mean, and and I would come down on you, but uh, no offense to some of the past co-hosts, and they know who I'm talking about because. They didn't do so well on birthday suits. So uh, now, <laughs> okay, cool. now Dave, Dave, former co-host there, Dave would have nailed the 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 uh, sports ones. He would no yeah. doubt get David Stern, no questions asked. And if Claude was on the show, one thousand percent, because that's what he does. He's an NBA analyst, so obviously mm. he'd get that. But. Moneybag, yo, I think they would have failed on that one, too. Joan Jett, I know they would have failed on. So well, that's, it's, that's reassuring. Yeah. It's okay. Now, the only one, as I've told you before, uh, Justin, former co-host, the Virgin Bat, he would have got all those because for some reason he is all about some just pop culture. He will. Okay. He, he, uh, I feel like I need. To, we need to start just calling him in just for birthday suits. <laughs> like, literally for two minutes, getting back on the show and be like, Justin, what is it? He'll nail it. I'm going to do that. I'm writing it down right now. I'm going to get a guest appearance for just birthday suits, listeners. It's happening there. It's down in my books. It's going down. And by books, <laughs> I mean a notepad that I have beside my computer. Anyways, <laughs> guys, until next week, we got to wrap up the show. So for now, zip it up and zip it out. Oh, zippity doo dude. Oh, dude, I'm so sorry. I'm... <laughs>